This is the Blaze Radio On Demand. When our water heater broke down last month, it was a nightmare. It took five hours for the plumber to show up, and he charged us a couple of hundred bucks just to come out. Then it cost another $1,800 to put in the new water heater. By the time it was all said and done, I felt like I'd been taken. But what else could I do? The smartest thing you can do is get a home warranty from American Residential Warranty. Their home warranties pay to repair or replace all your major appliances when they break. And they will break. And at the worst possible time, call American Residential Warranty right now for free information on home warranties starting at just pennies a day. Don't wait for your refrigerator to stop running or your ceiling fans to stop turning. Call American Residential Warranty right now. Ask how you can save up to 50% on wash and dryer coverage. Just call 1-800-686-3910. That's 1-800-686-3910. Again, 1-800-686-3910. Call now. The Blaze Radio Network. I had hoped for rather a whimsical Friday edition. No chance. We're hot, hot, hot. And you'll know why in just a moment. This is the Jaily News Excelsior. Welcome back, my partners, my radio family. It is the Friday edition, although it will not, at least in the first moments of the show, be possible for it to be anything resembling whimsical because we have a cop. Oh, by the way, hashtag Blue Lives Matter. We have a cop lying in serious to critical condition. Nearly a miracle. I don't toss that word around, but nearly a miracle under the circumstances that he is alive in a Philadelphia hospital intensive care unit right now. And the only thing happy about the story is that we have the erstwhile assassin in custody and I guess he decided to be his own attorney and thus have a fool for a client because he has talked voluntarily on the record. We have that audio for you but first the bare bones of what happened. Late last night which explains why it didn't hit the news cycle until today. First American news cycle on this wasn't until about 1.30 p.m. Eastern time today, so far as I know. Last night in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania, a white police officer, and and why do I mention his race? Do I have to explain this these days? A white police officer who was riding in a marked unit, a police car, going down a street 
on patrol. He was alone in the car, single rider, driver. Was all of a sudden attacked from his left. He's he's driving, so you, you think of he's driving down the street. And as he drives down that street uh, fairly slowly, he is attacked by a single black individual, African-American individual, um, sprinting toward him with his arms extended in a shooting position. And he has already started to fire what we now know to be his 9-millimeter weapon. He squeezes off a couple of shots. We don't know whether those shots struck the police officer. But we have a series of time-lapse photography that shows us, as you've seen or soon will see, that the erstwhile assassin ran straight up to the, the driver's side window, which was down, were straight up to the driver's side window of the police unit and kept firing. He stuck his gun in the window. His, his arms, his gun was in his right hand, his left hand supporting. He stuck his arms. I mean, the most chilling shot in this for me is the, uh, the intended assassin or the, the ambitious assassin is is in the car. I mean, he's got his arms extended. He's got that weapon poked through the window. What must be right up against the police officer's uh, body. I mean, there's there's no room for it to anything else to have been true. His arms are in the window, almost up to the elbow, and he still squeezes off shots from this nine millimeter. He apparently, according to first reports, emptied the entire magazine at or into this officer. And again, virtually a miracle, the officer, at at first reports anyway, took shots only throughout his left arm, which would suggest, I think, to anyone, and they may have mentioned this in the press conference, that that under the circumstances, perhaps the, the officer raised his left hand instinctively, raised his left arm toward the shots, toward the gun, as if fending it off, which, you know, is rational. It's certainly not definitive, but it's rational. And 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 further, it is rational that thus he may have taken shots in the arm that he otherwise would have taken in his head or his uh, thorax, his upper body, uh, through his rib cage, you know, into his heart. You think, think, just think about the angles and the possibilities. Okay, the police officer, when when the uh, when the erstwhile assassin exhausted his magazine, he turned and ran. And we don't know for what reason because he didn't have a reload. He didn't intend to reload. We had trouble reload. We don't know. But the intended assassin at that point, uh, evidently from the tape, turned to uh, run away. Believe it or not, this police officer got out of his car. He keyed his radio. I think he got a message out. Then he got out of the car, and despite already the loss of blood he had suffered, which I'm told is very substantial, 
he staggered down the street after the assailant, managed to get off a couple of shots, and hit him with one. And then almost immediately, because he was able to key off a message, other police officers were able to grab the hairball and take him into custody. Now, um, Mr. Bass, at this point, uh, I can either take a, a little bit of an early break or I can go into the first piece of audio. Would you prefer I take a little bit of an early break? All right, well, let's do that. I mean, and, and for, for all of us, rather than break this thing up, uh, we're, we're in that neighborhood of a first pause. Let us uh, do that now, and then I will come back, and I have for you the audio of the police captain reading to you the gunman's statement, which will be, you're going to find absolutely chilling though not the least bit shocking. Uh, And we also have for you the statement of the mayor of Philadelphia, which you shall find shocking and nauseating. This is Jay Severin on the Blaze Radio Network. When our water heater broke down last month, it was a nightmare. It took five hours for the plumber to show up, and he charged us a couple of hundred bucks just to come out. Then it cost another $1,800 to put in the new water heater. By the time it was all said and done, I felt like I'd been taken. But what else could I do? The smartest thing you can do is get a home warranty from American Residential Warranty. Their home warranties pay to repair or replace all your major appliances when they break. And they will break. And at the worst possible time, call American Residential Warranty right now for free information on home warranties starting at just pennies a day. Don't wait for your refrigerator to stop running or your ceiling fans to stop turning. Call American Residential Warranty right now. Ask how you can save up to 50% on wash and dryer coverage. Just call 1-800-686-3910. That's 1-800-686-3910. Again, 1-800-686-3910. Call now. The Jay Severin Show on the Blaze Radio Network. The Jaily News. One triple eight nine hundred three three nine three. One triple eight nine hundred three three nine three. Ladies and gentlemen of the best and brightest in radio jury. Someone attacked a police officer attempting to assassinate him. We have the advantage, several advantages here in the immediate aftermath of this attempted assassination that we do not enjoy in other cases, which draw fairly definitive lines, or at least I thought. So as you endeavor to form your impressions as to what you think happened, may I ask you to pay particular attention to the matter of whether or not This crime 
was committed by a Muslim and whether or not adherence to Muslim ideology, theology, and other matching beliefs, other attendant beliefs, were a contributing factor, an influential factor, a controlling factor, a primary factor, or, well, only an idiot would include this, but, or a non-factor. Let's first hear the audio of the uh, police commissioner or captain who is about to give us the statement of the gunman right here. The suspect in question is a 30-year-old male from Yaden. He has a Philadelphia address as well, I believe. He's confessed to committing this cowardly act in the name of Islam. According to him, he believed that the police defend laws that are contrary to the teachings of the Quran. Is that it? Okay. He went on to say, importantly, I commit myself to Allah. I pledge myself to Islam and the ISIS state. I mean, if you think that's important. Uh, end quote. His mother said, my son is a devout Muslim. But, but, hey, based on what you just heard, let, let's hear it again. The suspect in question is a 30-year-old male from Yaden. He has a Philadelphia address as well, I believe. Has confessed to committing this cowardly act in the name of Islam. According to him, he believed that the police defend laws that are contrary to the teachings of the Quran. And I commit myself to Allah. It's a quote. Continuing to quote, I pledge myself to Islam and the ISIS state. End quote. And uh, and others. And his mother has already spoken to the uh, Philadelphia Inquirer their most prominent newspaper and said, my son is a devout Muslim. But there is absolutely no reason to believe that this guy is a Muslim, right? Right? In fact, we have audio, some audio anyway, apparently, of the mayor of the city who the moment that statement was read about, I'm a Muslim, I did this for Allah, I pledge myself to ISIS, uh, the, the police are the enemy because they enforce laws contrary to the Quran, uh, Muslim, 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 ISIS, 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 the mayor of the city of Philadelphia rushed to the microphone to say this. In no way, shape, or form does anyone in this room believe that Islam or the teaching of Islam has anything to do with what you've seen on that screen. That is abhorrent. It's, it's just it's terrible, and it does not represent the religion in any way, shape, or form or any of its teachings. Uh, and uh, this, is, this is a criminal uh, with, a, with a stolen gun who tried to kill one of our officers. has nothing to do with being a Muslim or following the Islamic faith. 
tell you the guy, stop it. Stop it. You're, you're slaying me. Oh, wait, maybe that's ill-advised under the circumstances. I looked carefully. I watched this press conference. I did not see anyone pointing a gun or otherwise coercing the mayor, forcing him to utter the stupidest words ever spoken by an American politician. Maybe other than I did not have sex with that young woman, Miss Lewinsky. There he is, the mayor of the city, rushing to the podium after the shooter says, I did this for Allah, I did this for Islam, I'm a Muslim, I commit myself to Allah, I commit myself to the ISIS state. His mother says, my son's a devout Muslim. And the mayor, who has never met the gunman or the mother, doesn't know anything about this case more than you and I know, probably less, he rushes to the podium to say, let's just be very clear here, this has nothing to do with Islam in any manner, shape, or form. Not a connection in any way. You know, this, this is a sharp tack, this guy. I mean... Why, I mean, unless you're some kind of bigot, why believe the compelling physical evidence, including his mother's assertion as to his devout Muslimism and his own statement pledging his fealty, his loyalty to our enemy? Let's not lose sight of the fact that Although war may look very different, and it has devolved since World War II, all wars have looked slightly different than what we used to think wars looked like since World War II. But if we don't believe there are wars, you could tell my cousin Rich that he took a bullet in the head at the age of 18. He's not with us anymore. He's not here to testify because he was in a non-war called Vietnam. And there have been a lot of non-wars since then. Well, we're in a non-war war right now with ISIS. At least they've declared it against us and they are proving every day they have the means to punctuate their sentences in the grimmest and deadliest of ways. And so long as they have both the intention and the means and the daily growing means to make good on their threats, why oughtn't we take their threats seriously? We're at war. And we're, it would appear we're going to be more and more at war every day. And, and that graph, that line on that graph, is going up right now. What we want it to do is go down. But the thing that will prevent it from going down, and as long as that line on the graph is going up, that means Americans are dying. And it means innocent people in other places in the world are dying. ISIS has promised 
did, did, I mean, maybe they, the American media doesn't play this stuff up much. The BBC is carrying the story and the, uh, the press in Great Britain, the UK, is carrying the story that ISIS has formally promised that they're going to invade and take over France. Right now, one out of every, I think, nine Frenchmen is named Ahmed. Okay, so one out of what you think of as Frenchmen, if you if 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 you plan to give your beloved son or daughter the gift of backpacking through Europe, based on the fond memories you may have had, if you had the privilege of doing that of going abroad at some point in your life. Whatever memories you have of London, of Paris, and soon of Rome and Venice, then now of Munich and Dortmund and Berlin, I could tell you right now, forget it. Look for those cities as you remember them Look for them only in history books because they are, in the words of Margaret Mitchell, if I may be permitted to borrow them, look for them only in history books because that way of life, those cities are gone, gone with the wind. Jay Severin. Excelsior. The Blaze Radio Network. The suspect in question is a 30-year-old male from Yaden. He has a Philadelphia address as well, I believe. He has confessed to committing this cowardly act in the name of Islam. According to him, he believed that the police defend laws that are contrary to the teachings of the Quran. In no way, shape, or form does anyone in this room believe that Islam or the teaching of Islam has anything to do with what you've seen on that screen. That is abhorrent. It's, it's just, it's terrible, and it does not represent the religion in any way, shape, or form or any of its teachings. Uh, and uh, this, is, this is a criminal uh, with, a, with a stolen gun who tried to kill one of our officers. It has nothing to do with being a Muslim or following the Islamic faith. That's right. It's a gun crime. It's a gun crime. Let's indict that gun. It has nothing to do with any truth. It has nothing to do with any of the evidence. As the mayor says, there's no reason, nothing to see here, move along, <laughs> no reason to believe that this guy's a Muslim. I suspected from the start that he was uh, Amish, and I'm going to stick with that. Folks, we, we have been presented with the facts. Fate has dealt us a dirty blow in the form of an attempted assassination against the thin blue line, the people who are the ones who, when something goes bump in the night and you're too afraid 
to go downstairs and see what it is or who it is. You hear things crashing. You hear voices and a crash in your dining room, in your kitchen. And you are quite understandably, especially if you are foolishly without any means of self-defense and you have not merely yourself but a family to protect and you don't want to go downstairs with what? With a, let me see, what would that be with? A nail file or a, a telephone receiver? that you're going to throw at the guy with a knife or a gun when you don't want to do that you call someone else's daddy someone else's husband and they don't know you but what they're going to do is get to your home as quickly as they physically are able And they're going to throw themselves between you and that knife or you and that bullet or whatever else they have to do in order to sacrifice their lives for a stranger, you. It seems to me the very least we can do is intermittently remind ourselves and teach our families that that's what police do and that's what happens when they leave the house every morning there is a far greater chance that their job will ask of them limb blood and or life than mine will or yours will yet for a fraction of a small fraction of what they ought to be paid, representative of their worth and valor, every day they kiss their family and say, see you tonight. And nobody other than firefighters and other first responders know what it's like to smile and keep a straight upper lip, a stiff upper lip, and kiss your kids and say, see you tonight, knowing that the chances you will ever see them again, while good, are weaker than the prospects of anybody else that you know. Because you have a job that requires you to rush into a circumstance where you give your life for a stranger. That's the definition of a soldier. That's why police are our soldiers here domestically. And that's why hashtag blue lives matter. At one 3393 Jim has been kind enough to write and remind us that yesterday... A mother living in Raqqa, which is a village right now that's a ISIS stronghold. It's their biggest uh, capital right now, if you will. A mother told her son, who is an ISIS fighter, Son, 
I love you. I think we should get out of here because I think that we're going to get killed. I, I think this bombing, this this bombing all the time, the coalition bombing, uh, she means the U.S.-led, well, really Russian-led coalition, coalition that's bombing, you know, is going to, I think it's going to kill us. I mean, they know where we are. Look, 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 at, look at this. The bombing is every night, every day. I'm, I'm afraid. I'm worried. I think we should leave. Son, I think you should take me away from this. I think we should leave. He dragged his mother by her face to the ISIS uh, office and reported on his mother. He ratted out his mother. My mother thinks that the other side is going to defeat us and that we ought to leave. And ISIS said, the sentence is death. You shoot her in the head. You, you, shoot your mother in the head. Bang! Which he did. These are the people we're dealing with. And to leave this subject for the moment, only for the moment, because you may have something to say, at one 3393 I just wish to extend my thesis of yesterday about what do you expect from a culture in which men regard women with a status lower than livestock and they don't join the football team or the debate club. Uh, They join the go out and uh, abuse women club that's what they do on a, on a on a friday and saturday night you know for laughs and it's not only tolerated their religion rewards them for it and so i wonder what we expect when we pick up people that our cultures regard frankly as savage these people come from a savage culture and you can like that or not like that, but, and you can think it politically correct or hideously incorrect politically. But the fact is, some of us are no longer cavemen. Every year we find people living somewhere in Papua New Guinea or somewhere in Indonesia in these islands where the plane flies over and the guys in loincloths with bones in their noses throw spears at the airplane because they think it's like the great spirit, a great bird coming to snatch their souls, you know? And, 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 and so there are still savage cultures. Guess what? These pitiable migrants hail from cultures in which men kill their own daughters, sisters, and have a name for it, an honor killing. An honor killing. So... I'm going to bring back Ahmed and Ahmed for what certainly won't be their final appearance, maybe just their final appearance today. 
just to make a point, as we learn that the rapes in Germany are in many, many cities all over Germany on many, many nights, many, many girls and women beaten and raped while the government spikes the story so they're not embarrassed. And what that means, which I talked about yesterday and we'll talk again about soon, but it's this, Ahmed and Ahmed, brothers-in-law. Ahmed, yes, Ahmed, Ahmed, I have some news for you. I think you maybe got it as bad news. Oh, no. Oh, no. What? Oh, no, no. God, no. What? Well, Ahmed, you know that loose woman that earlier this evening the guys got together and we beat her and we raped her and then we killed her, Ahmed. It was your wife. Oh, my wife. Thank God. I thought you were going to tell me something happened to my goat. I, I love my wife or that slut. Wives, easy to replace. No problem. Ah, no problem. A wife, easy to, easy to replace. But a good goat, my friend. I am so relieved. This is who we're dealing with. Jay Severin on the Blaze Radio Network. Show. With my partners. Ahmed, are you sure nothing happened to my goat? Please. one 3393 We are the Blaze Radio Network. I'm Jay Severin. Partners, where would you like to go? How about we pop in on Iowa? And then jump over to New Hampshire. Yesterday, in the final segments of the show, we started to get right down on the ground. And a little up above for a clearer view. Let's continue that, shall we? Let's do some hard politics. You may, as you know, call one 888 Anytime, for any reason. And uh, you will have the ears and quite possibly the attention of many, many of the smartest American citizens there are at no charge. Or your next call is free. Oh, wait, this one's free, too. Uh, Let's go to the field. Yesterday, I played with... A scenario I'd like to repeat uh, in briefer form. A hypo, hypothetical. My hypo, number one, is Ted Cruz wins Iowa. Now, let me state here categorically that I'm calling it a hypothetical, not because 
my feelings toward Ted Cruz have changed, nor will they change. I don't, I don't mean, unless there is some revelation of some dark, secret, awful flaw of character or constitutional loyalty, you know, American loyalty, which is pretty nigh on impossible with Ted Cruz. You know, other, the, you know I reserve my right. If I find out that he's, he's a, you know, uh, he was the guy when they, they, they zoom in on the picture and he was the guy making the Kool-Aid at Jonestown, you know, and feeding it to children, you know, th- then I reserve my right not to vote for Charles Manson, you know. But Ted Cruz being Ted Cruz being Ted Cruz, Ted Cruz has been my guy for going on four years now. And it's not a matter of debate. I've never wavered. I'm not debating with any, I haven't debated it with anyone. I'm perfectly willing to debate it, but I certainly haven't debated it with me. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm for Ted and have been for many years. Because Ted is the one true conservative in this race, the one true constitutionalist in this race. I am going to have the brass to put a tiny, tiny asterisk here. So we're talking about, you know, we're talking about uh, Noel Kidman's buttocks here. We're talking about Marie Osmond's backside. Have you caught Marie Osmond in these diet commercials? She has to be 60. Right? right? I mean, look at her. Well, in any case, we I hope we can talk a lot more about that and soon. But So we're talking little tiny, tiny butox here uh, for an asterisk. Uh, but look at what's happening here. Look at Ted Cruz. And remember always the obligation I believe you have and I have, and that is at the end of all of this, yes, who's going to follow the Constitution, but who can win? Beat Hillary. Severin on the Blaze Radio Network. We are the Blaze Radio Network, hence the Jaily News, Excelsior. Welcome back, partners. I hope we can uh, continue our uh, increasingly deep look now into the field where we stand. Next Thursday night, two debates in two weeks or within two to three weeks. Next debate is next Thursday night. Yes, we are there. Yes, the blaze after dark is there. Next Thursday night. Two. Count them. Two Big shows, 
Doc Thompson, Skip Lacombe, moi, and a cast of stellar characters. That's next Thursday night. So we have already started, and we are about 20 to, when, when we get together on Monday, we'll be something like 20 days from the caucus. Now, I've got partners on the phone. In fact, I have the commanding officer of the partner brigade, Brigadier General Rocky, on, on the phone. So but before we go there, just let me quickly do this. I intend to ask our partners on the phone, as I ask you now, in addition to whatever else is on your mind, I want you to help me. I want you to pick a scenario. It's one of three. Uh, Cruz wins Iowa. And then we go, we go into New Hampshire with Cruz having won Iowa. Scenario number two. Trump wins Iowa. And we go into New Hampshire with Trump having won Iowa. Scenario number three, somebody else that I expect you to name wins Iowa. And we head into New Hampshire with neither Trump nor Cruz having gotten the Iowa win that virtually everyone, as we sit here on, well, this is a an august date, is January 8th. Do you know this is the birthday of, among others, David Bowie? Richard Nixon? Did you know that the epic birthdays in our calendar fall exactly one week apart each for a series of three weeks? The first being the birth of Christ. The second one, exactly a week later on the same day, the birth of the new year. And the third, of course, exactly a week later, the birth of me and Richard Nixon and David Bowie. Uh, I want to know, here we go, I want to know, please, in addition to your brief, I'd like to know your hypothetical. My guidelines are Trump wins Iowa or Cruz wins Iowa. And feel free to, to put in win, place, and show, because I'm going to have to. I promise you, Guru Jay will, I will, before every primary, I will predict its exact, exact outcome. The trick is, will I do it correctly? <laughs> I don't know about that, but I'll probably do better than anyone else with my usual humility as well as a- accuracy. Uh, you know, feel free to fill in, you know, win, place, and show, or not. But Trump wins Iowa, Cruz wins Iowa, or someone else wins Iowa. What does it mean? And overall... Where are we right now? Because I know where we are. I have the helicopter shot of where we are right now. The players move on the chessboard depending on Iowa in about 22 days. 
But I know the big deal is that in New Hampshire, it's a completely different fight for a completely different set of voters. And as I described yesterday, it's the moderate wing. It's the rhinos. It's the old Republican Party. Jeb Bush, Chris Christie, John Kasich, maybe Rubio, who are battling for who represents that wing of the party. That happens in New Hampshire. But what happens in Iowa determines what happens in New Hampshire. Rocky from Nebraska Tweet, partner, friend, emeritus, and brigadier general of the Corps of Cadets of partners of this show. Welcome back, sir. You're much too kind, my friend Jay. Excelsior. Happy New Year. uh, It's been two weeks since my last confession, Guru Jay. (laughs) 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 You, uh, the the questions that you asked... um, Trump, Cruz, or Rubio for Iowa? Uh, I have a, No, I didn't I have include Rubio for Iowa, not because I don't think he can right. win. I just didn't want to include I, too many. Perhaps you do, but I didn't want to include too many yeah. Iowa options. Yeah, he, to me, he's the obvious third. I'm sorry if I uh, give that away. No, it's okay. So you think it's, you think it's uh, Cruz, Trump, Trump, Cruz, one and two in Iowa with Rubio a likely third? And uh, your question actually leads me to kind of nudge my answer uh, uh, to my own question that I was going to ask you when I called in. Great. And that was that was uh, Tommy Laren, the new person that's that's on the blaze. She's running a commercial that says that she believes that Rubio is the only one that can beat Hillary, and that worries me because um, I I don't particularly care for Rubio because of the gang of eight decisions and uh, what I see as insincerity. When he speaks, I want to believe him. He has charisma that makes me want to believe him, but his actual record doesn't so much make me uh, have a warm fuzzy. Well, I think you're bang on there, Rock. I don't think you can speak to any conservative whatever their stripe, if they're a, you know, pretty much a real conservative, they're going to know about and care about the people who are for amnesty. They have long memories. They are the true elephants of the party. And like you, like me, uh, I remember Cruz, I'm sorry, Rubio was for amnesty. And it's something that, I, you know, I... I I don't know if I trust him on it. I don't know if I ever can again trust him on it, and I and that gives me great pause. I don't either, and uh, I have to admit, uh, Tommy's uh, commercial gives me pause, and that is, I think that true uh, conservatives and uh, uh, libertarians would not pick Rubio. However, uh, half. More, I'm, I'm guessing more than half of the voting public now isn't uh, conservative or libertarian. So we've got we've got already a loss there. And then when it comes to amnesty, I think statistically I am worried. Uh, I want to keep the faith. I want Cruz. I believe in Cruz. I absolutely, with all my heart, 
100% believe in Cruz, and I don't believe in Trump and Rubio, but it does scare me about the rest of the voting public. What What do you say? What do you think? Can we trust? What I Can say, and I do this by way of trying to protect myself, I'm trying to throw you in front of the train to slow it down before That's it hits fine. me, too. And you and my I question, Rocky, is that. my question, Rocky, is for you. And, you know, I've, as I've made clear, it's not really just for you, but I'm going to I'm going to torture yeah. you with it first. Uh, and that is. We agree. I've, I'm nearly certain. Oh, you know what? I have to break. So, Rocky, you can stay there, I hope. I hope so. I would love to. Yeah, it's good. Well, we, we'd like you to. Oh, so st- so shelter in place, I- Rock. Uh, we will briefly endeavor to pay the light bills, and then I will come back with the central, the primal scream question to Rocky, and that is, does it not remain the number one question above all others? And that question is, whoever it is, Put your name here, your candidate's name here. Ultimately, we must never lose sight of the ultimate question, which is the only question. Can blank beat Hillary? Jay Severin. On the Blaze Radio Network. This is the Jay Severin Show. And these are my partners at one 888 starting with the Brigadier General of the Corps of Cadets of the Best and Brightest, Rocky from Nebraska. And when we left you're Rocky, still there, he was about... I'm sorry, Rock? Oh, you're, it's fine. I had a little cutout there that I thought I'd Oh, lost. okay. Okay. And I think we left Rock as I uh, put to him uh, a question, uh, more or less a question, and that is, in whatever calculus you're looking at, Rock, are you including the haunting question, can X beat Hillary Clinton? And... uh... My worry is that I listen to these people say that they can't. I don't believe it. I'm still a firm believer. Uh, you asked you asked me a while back uh, if uh, anybody could beat Hillary and why she couldn't. And I said she's unlikable. And I think that still hands that still stands because every time she speaks. She goes down, and they're they're really trying to not let her speak. So I have great hopes that just because we have so many GOP candidates, that their support is thinned out to the point that the polls don't work correctly. It only will work when we get down to, you know, getting closer to just you know one or two GOP and Hillary, and then she's going right, to. What do you make? I what do you so- make of what do you make of the following proposition? Ted Cruz is the only true conservative. Yep. The only reliable conservative. Absolutely. But he, 
but no, 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 I wasn't finished. But, but, and again, this is a proposition. This is not my opinion necessarily. This devil's advocate stuff. I'm asking you to assess the following proposition. Quote, Ted Cruz is the only conservative, the clear choice. He he is the clear match to William F. Buckley's timeless calculus. I will always vote for the most conservative candidate who can win. Okay? But whereas Ted Cruz meets the first criterion, he is the most conservative, he will not beat Hillary Clinton. What uh, what do you make of the devil's advocate? What do you make of that proposition? I think that that is a uh, a uh, progressive construct. I don't believe. Okay. It. I believe that well said. progressives progressives are like lemmings. They all have to agree on everything. <laughs> Conservatives and libertarians are thinking individuals that take each task and consider everything about it. Liberals are not. So if they're fed this full that Hillary is going to mop up, they'll believe it. But when she has to stand up and debate against them, I think that she is not likable. She's just dishonest and it's going to come through. Her words will haunt her. All right, Rocky, let me thank you and move on. And I want you to please call more often. This is we're right in it now, and we're going to rely on you for more frequent calls, questions, comments, complaints, observations, and bon mot. Thank you for calling. Let me say in response very quickly before we speak with Chester, I think that you presume facts not yet in evidence. No, Hillary is not likable. No, Hillary is not trustworthy. But Hillary can win. And we need more than anything else to make sure she does not win. And would it surprise you to learn a rhetorical question it must remain for the moment? Would it surprise you to learn that it's not just devil's advocate stuff when I say I love Ted Cruz and support him, but I think Hillary Clinton would probably beat him. And imagine what that forces me to consider. Chester, also from the Cornhusker State, welcome. Hello. I have two things to touch on, but seeing how you're talking about Hillary Clinton, I'm going to go ahead and touch on that first. Sure thing. I'm from originally from Arkansas. Okay. I was Razorbacks. Actually, I don't like sports in general. <laughs> Forgot I said it. <laughs> okay, uh, they, uh, <laughs> no backs. Go no backs. I'll accept that. Uh, All right. They were, um, during the point in time in which they were there, they had messed up a lot of stuff. There were a Who's lot they? Of, uh, Who's they? The Clintons. Okay. I remember uh, even I even worked for a company that uh, had direct ties to them, in which one of the people in that company beat nearly to death a woman police officer, but they got him off of a felony charge. And on and on on. So, yeah, and a lot of the people that I come across that were highly equipped were I claimed to be friends with them or I saw them. All right. So what I'm hearing here is that you have had experience such 
that you have or a memory such uh, institutional memory if you will that you know who the clintons really are not just who they yes. claim to be in 2016 yes it's and it makes really you and it makes you it's, think of them as vomit on the sidewalk no pretty much nothing more than a uh, 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 political criminal Okay, I'll go for that. All right, so you don't think she wins? I hope to God she doesn't. You and me both, but because the fact that the do you is, think she do you think she wins? How do you care, Chester? How do you come on? This is this ain't triple A ball no more. Now this is the big leagues. Do you believe in your heart of hearts as of this moment? And and you and I don't know is it, is it honest answer? But do you believe as of this moment, if you have an opinion, that Hillary Clinton can and or will win this race? No. You don't believe no, she do you don't believe she will. I don't believe she will. Especially you don't believe if, she uh, can, you don't believe she can. I don't believe she can. She you think any so you think any Republican nominated any Republican because if you say and again I'm just being uh, I'm you pay me to be a pain in the ass here I'm just giving you your money's worth so devil's advocate a man who says Hillary Clinton cannot win then I say to you as devil's advocate then ipso facto you also simultaneously are claiming that no matter whom the Republicans nominate, that person wins. To the degree, yes. If it's if it's George Pataki, he wins. If it's Who Gilmore, he wins. If it's Santorum, if it's no matter who it is, if she can't win, it means you believe any Republican who has the nomination is going to win. Yes, I do believe so. Have I changed any thinking? Chester, call us back at the earliest possibility. Take two of these. Call us on Monday. J7 on the Blaze Radio Network. And partners on the Blaze Radio Network, we uh, do something called the Jaylee News. one 888 I want you, I ask you to think about a couple of things. In Iowa, as we approach the debate, which we will make, I mean, we'll cover it like no one next Thursday night. You know that. But right now, the view from the air, you look down on the Republican campaign right now. And the Republican campaign has two wings. One wing is the outsider wing, and that is Trump, Cruz, and maybe 
maybe, depending on whether you and I will accept him as such, Rubio. Then the other wing of the Republican Party right now is the Republican Party as you know it and I know it, as it exists right now. The rhino wing, the survival wing, the wing that wants to do anything possible to kill off a real conservative or a real outsider because real conservatives or real outsiders will actually behave as same. And it means that all of the crap and waste and lying and the they want their jobs. They want things the same. They would much rather. Do you think that McConnell, McCain, Lindsey Graham, do you think they get along better with Chuck Schumer, Barbara Boxer, and Bella? I want to suck your constitution. Feinstein, Boxer, Pelosi. Do you think that? that Senator McConnell, Senator McCain, Senator Graham, do you think they get along better with Pelosi, Boxer, and Schumer? Or they want Ted Cruz president? Are you kidding me? Are you, I mean, you really, you're kidding me, right? I know this is asking you to believe a lot, but it's asking you to believe someone who has spent his entire life in politics. I am. I don't believe I've ever mentioned this before on the air, but I I am the founding president of my sixth grade uh, school-wide primary school civics club and its newspaper. I don't don't know. uh, See, have you ever heard me mention that before on the air? Yes. No, I didn't think so. So I'm glad I mentioned mentioned it now. Uh, And I'm telling you that with all I know and all I believe, doesn't make me right. But with all I know and all I believe and all my experience and my hundreds of campaigns all over the country, around the world, everything I've done brings me to this moment when I say to you, if you could get John McCain and give him sodium pentothal, if you could get to John Kasich, Marco Rubio, Heb, Heb, Bush, Carly Fiorina, all of the other Republican, Chris Christie, all of the other Republican candidates, and virtually every Republican United States senator, virtually everyone, and all but 40, I'm exempting the Freedom Caucus, the conservatives in the House, The vast majority of elected Republicans at the highest levels, including probably eight of the people vying for the Republican nomination to be president of the United States, if you gave them sodium pentothal tonight and asked them whether they preferred Donald Trump or Ted Cruz or any other person on earth, not just other Republicans or Democrats. I'm talking about Raul Castro, Fidel Castro, even if he's already dead 10 years. Vladimir Putin, 
Mao say cow dung. They would prefer anybody. They would rather have Mitch McConnell would rather have the the leader of North Korea, the cum of some young guy, president of the United States, than Ted Cruz. And I hope that gets a snicker from you. But the sad thing is, I'm not kidding. I really believe that. And what's more, I'm here to tell you it's true. Veritas. It is the God's, it is God's truth. Those people, if you grew stuff for a living, if you grew corn or you grew cabbage or you grew tobacco, anything that would put the tobacco business out of business or the corn business out of business, you'd be against it because you would lose the family farm and you would be out of business and you would be ruined. Mitch McConnell and John McCain and Lindsey Graham, they grow government. They're in the agriculture business of uh, after a fashion as well. They grow government. They want more buildings, more departments, more federal employees, higher taxes, more regulations, more bridges, more laws, more pork, more ruination of America. You, there is not a dime's bit of difference between John McCain and Chuck Schumer. They are both in the professional government business. They want government to stay, to thrive, to grow. This is God's truth. And that's why they will do anything. And you haven't even seen the beginning. Here's John McCain the last two days jumping out in front of cameras everywhere they'll have him to say, Oh, and they'll have him everywhere, especially when he's attacking, as he usually is, a fellow quote-unquote Republican. Here's John McCain, who is the test case for not being uh, eligible to be president because he wasn't born in America. Here he is. He was eligible. He is eligible. That more is the pity. Uh, But here is the guy who had to fight that fight himself to prove he was eligible. And here he is saying, well, I don't know if Ted Cruz is eligible. I think it's an interesting question. I think, yeah, I think we ought to to check up on that. We ought to follow up on that. Ted Cruz has more friends in the Democrat side of the Senate than he has among Republican presidential candidates. Same thing for Trump. And at some point, we need to have the conversation about Trump's not a conservative. No, he's not a conservative. He wasn't a conservative. He's not what we think of as a conservative. But a lot of the founding fathers and the people close to them, people who made up the fabric of the early United States, of which we are the legatees, they were not doctrinaire conservatives. They were farmers. Their opinions were derivative of their lives. 
They got up early. They went to bed early. They worked themselves to the bone. They ate little. They prayed much. They hoped much. They didn't know or care a lot about politics. How you live your life is whether you're a conservative. Mitt Romney, in my book, is a kind of conservative. Not because he's not a movement conservative. He's not a doctrinaire conservative. But the way he lives his life is conservative. Now, I'm not sufficiently pleasant and and happy that if Mitt were president, you know, his decisions, his court appointments would be adequately conservative for me. Uh, Right. I admit to that. But I just use him as an example. Donald Trump, I'm telling you, I've known Donald Trump. Not well, but I've, I've, I've had contact with him. I've known him for 25 years. I lived with him. I lived in New York. I have been at parties with him. One of his best friends is a member of my immediate family. I've been with him in social and business and political circumstances. I, it's, 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 it's more accurate to say I know of him, but I do know him. Again, we don't go camping together, but I know him. Have talked to him. I know him. And I'm telling you that you could find 10 million things that are unconservative that he has said or done. But I'm telling you in the last 20 years, now that he is a rock-solid family man, now that he realizes that all he has to live for is his legacy, what his family thinks of him, what you think of him, how he does in business, what his country thinks of him, what his fellow citizens thinks of him. Look, I'm for Ted Cruz. But what you hear here now for the first time are the tortured yearnings of a tortured soul. I have spent my life trying to do what's best for my government by representing and helping bring to office people I believed would be good for the United States of America. I am responsible. I am personally responsible for electing members of Congress, Senate, governors, and and advising presidential campaigns that didn't win, but my but 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 many of them did. And there was a time when I could look at the United States Congress and pick out you know, 20, 30, 40 members say, see that? But for me, that guy wouldn't be there. And if he weren't there, if all of them weren't there, it would be a different country. That's what I devoted my life to. And I'm telling you that if it, if what you're hearing out of my mouth right now comes down to the night before election day, and Hillary Clinton is beating everybody except Donald Trump? I don't know what to tell me, and I don't know what to tell you. I cannot let, I cannot look at my family and say, I did anything to make possible the election 
of Hillary Clinton. This is Jay Hebron on the Blaze Radio Network. On the Blaze Radio Network. And my partners, the Blaze Radio Network. I'm telling a lot of untold hitherto truths here. You know, I am for Ted Cruz. I was before you were. I, I know that sounds, you know, really a jerky thing to say, but I probably was. I mean, you know, I have to follow all these guys. I do. I've been for Cruz for many years before I even knew he was running. I've known who he was before he ran, while he ran. I mean, for for senator in Texas. Uh, you know, I've been for this guy forever. I've been a champion of Ted Cruz's forever. It's a dream come true to me that he's running and that he's in the position he's in. But I tell you, this existential crisis that very intelligent, some very intelligent people have have whipped themselves into a frenzy over Trump. I know he says idiotic things. I know he says intemperate things. I know everyone says, oh, oh my God, you know, I, I know, I know, I know, I know, I know. I've, I've been holding my hand to my head as a New Yorker, and as someone who knows him, you know, longer than most people. But you can't have Hillary Clinton. Hillary Clinton is, that's it. That's the final straw. It's over. I can't believe how many people believe that Clinton would be, well, okay, at worst, it would be like another two Obama terms, but no worse than that. My friends, you get Hillary Clinton and America as you've known it is gone. It's like that line in uh, that movie, Bill Murray and, uh, and uh, Jennifer, uh, Scarlett Johansson and uh, Lost in Translation. And they're lying there on the bed and she says, what about children? And he goes, children, hmm. He goes, children. The, the day you have your, I'm paraphrasing, the day you have your first child, your life, as you have known it, is over. Instantly and forever. But they grow up to be the most incredible people you've ever known and you love them and it's the best thing. Okay, that's half of the calculus with Hillary Clinton. If we get Hillary Clinton, our lives as Americans, America is over as a myth and a practice as we've known it. Think about it. This is Jay Severin on the Blaze Radio Network.